What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Lemon. Thank you so much for tuning back into the podcast. I got this one I want to dive right into is with this is a throwback episode with Arvo Craig. And at the time, I didn't know a lot about chatbots. And so I brought Arvo on the show. He was so gracious. He joined in, provided a ton of information about chatbots and messenger apps. He was one of the speakers at the DigiMarcon conference last year. To give you some quick backstory, I reached out to the speakers and I was just getting my podcast really going last year and I started to get into a good groove and start bringing on guests. I reached out to um, the guys at the Digital Marketing Conference, asked their, their main speakers to jump on the podcast. A lot of the guys did. Man, me and Arvo really hit it off. And we're going to dive into the piece of the conversation where we're talking about how marathon training translates just to being more disciplined in life and just all the other benefits that happen with it. So I think you guys are really going to have fun with this one. I really enjoyed it. I'm getting back into running as well. I did. I, so when I first recorded this, I was just getting ready for my first marathon. Did that in San Francisco. It's a really, um, <laughs> it's a really weird place to start doing marathon training. Let me say that. Um, I, I mean, to actually do your first marathon, because you know, I totally disrespected the amount of hills and running across the bay and all that. It's much bigger than what you think. So, so anyway, long story short, I got through my marathon though. I crushed that. Did it put a check in the box but you know i wanted to keep running because it's not even about just the physical you know training aspect of it which is nice don't get me wrong but there's something about just keeping your mind sharp and just keeping your keeping yourself from getting mentally soft for those that know what i'm talking about right and so so we talk a little bit about that and how it translates into life and business but you know um so enjoy this enjoy this quick conversation with Arvo Craig, really good guy. Go follow him. I'll have the links in the show notes. And if you're in LA next week, uh, Digimarcon is launching off. So it starts, I want to say it starts Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Next week in Santa Monica, if you're around, we'll love to link up with you. We'll love to throw you on the podcast, pick your thoughts on everything from, from healthcare and how it's changing to the workforce and how that's evolving. And then, of course, I'm always down to talk shop about sales and marketing. So you can reach me at Joe Alex Lemon and please subscribe. So with that said, let's dive into today's show. But one that I think we're going to we're going to link up on pretty quick is uh, you're into marathons. Yeah. Ultra marathons too, though. Not well, I've done one ultra. To okay. be, to be honest. Hey man, look. Yeah. If you've done one, you've done almost two hundred of them because <laughs> that's enough, right? I mean, yeah. I'm about to do my very first uh, marathon, man, and um, I was like, man, I just decided to do it early, early this week. I haven't mm-hmm. ever done one before, but I'm sure you probably learned so much from doing marathons, Dude. especially uh, ultras. Oh yeah. Talk about it, man. Yeah, man. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, yeah. I mean, I've got this whole poster. Um, I know I've got some content on there on Do It Daily. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm a eclectic guy, creative business guy, hustler, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in 2013, I honestly was hating life, mm-hmm. hating business, mm-hmm. was growing. I mean, did really well when I used to focus on search engine optimization. And things were going really well, but Google made some changes. And I guess at my age, my maturity, I didn't know how to shift when Google shifted. And when business shifts, you know, ups and downs. Yep. It, was, it was my first up. So it was my first real down. Mm. And I didn't handle it well. Hmm. And one day, I, I, the story goes, I did like Forrest Gump. And I just ran. In Tulsa, hot humidity. I had cousins. I just ran. And then a couple miles here, my wife was running. She did a half marathon that year. I just started doing it. Wow. But eventually, within, you know, six months, I, you know, got a little better and better. Eventually did my first marathon. But the lessons was... 
somehow, I don't know, within that first year, the endorphins kicked in. Yeah. And so it was no longer a logical, it was no longer health. It was, you know, that that pleasure <laughs> kicked in. Mm-hmm. I began to wake up. I, I always wanted to be a morning person. Never was. Read all the books, read all the stories. Really? Couldn't do it. Okay. But when marathons, when I started training, yeah. I became addicted to the, I mean, my, my, you know, I lost weight. That I never lost since I was like in high school. Wow. I felt good. The endorphins was kicking in, the energy. It just changed me. So I, yeah, I began to wait, I became a morning person. Wow. You know, and I've never been that consistent in anything. I do, I do a lot of things. You know, I've been cutting hair for 30 years. That's nothing, you know. Okay, not, there you, you go. You, you, Barbara you, as well. Okay. Yeah, you're not going to find out there. <laughs> but nothing I've done has been that consistent. Wow. You think about content and creation. I heard you talking earlier about marketing and all this, but somehow marathons caught me. Wow. And raining, running six days a week, nonstop for 16 weeks was a metamorphosis of my, my physical body, mm-hmm. my emotional, my mind. And I was like, I've never seen that kind of transformation. And then I began to stack habits with it so I could wake up and I could run and I can pray. So mm-hmm. I began to, you know, load all these other things. Now that I'm a morning person, I get stuff done early. Anyway, it's just a, anyway, but I love marathons for what it did to me as far as helping me for the first time in my life become a consistent person. Man, there's really something there. I mean, and you know, I can, I can go there with you, I feel like, because man, one of the best times and worst times I had was when I was um, going through a trying time right before I, I moved out to L.A. In Atlanta, me and my wife had our house. I'm like, man, should we leave? Should we pick up and go all the way to the West Coast? And I started doing these prayer walks. So I just wake up early morning. I'm always always been an early guy just because I used to be a personal trainer for years. And mm-hmm. so I had clients at 430. Like, it was crazy. These guys wanted to work out at 5. <laughs> so I'm getting up at 430 so I can meet them at the gym. And always a morning guy. But then I, I, you know, got out of that, started doing sales, things started drifting. But anyway, I got into these prayer walks, man. And man, it was um, it was the best thing for me. It wasn't a good time for me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like on the outside, it didn't look that great. <laughs> but but, it, but spiritually, it felt phenomenal. And I think when you incorporate that spiritual aspect with movement, there's mm-hmm. something that special that happens there. I, I really can't put it into words that well, but um, yeah. I can feel you, man. So are you on the road, man, for like, what, hours at a time or what? Are, is it kind of... In and out type of thing. Are you out there for like forty five minutes? Are you? Are oh, you training? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not training Jogging. anything right now. I'm okay. on. I'm on the edge. I need to figure out what I'm going to do in the fall. Yeah. I, I want to run at least one marathon a year. Okay. You know, so I ran one last year in February in, in December in, in Florida, which is bad. That's tough, man. Humidity and everything. <laughs> yeah. Not a good choice. But so there's a couple I want to do. Either Baltimore, which is the National Black Marathoners. Be more. Yeah. That's like the big one. That I want, I've never, you know, interacted with that group. I want to join and connect with them. Mm-hmm. Or I may do. I got a friend that's doing Vegas, his second year in a row, the Vegas Night Marathon. I'm thinking about that. So I don't know. So I want to, and then soon I'm going to start training for something. But right now I'm running between three and three and six a day. I try to, and then I want to get one long one a week. You know, at least ten miles. So, yeah. You know, I did like eighteen a few weeks ago, but you know, so just. But it's all right now. It's super slow, and just you know, taking it easy, having that's, fun. That's cool though, man. That's cool, man. I mean, but so. Not only are you this guru when it comes to chatbots and messenger, and you were just getting on me really quick. I was just putting me on game. I was I was missing out on so much. Man. This, is, <laughs> this is good, but it's like you're also an uh, author, man. You got time to write books as well, yeah. man. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, so how'd you get into that type of mode? I mean, like how'd you get into writing your very first book? Because I, th- I thought the actual title is super super cool. I haven't read it yet, man. Sanctified ambitions. Yeah, talk about it, man. Why'd you choose that book to write? You know, what was kind of going on in your life then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you mentioned marathons is a, a good pillar of mm-hmm. life. Another pillar is, man, when I got to college, I never like read books mm-hmm. growing up. 
um, like ever. <laughs> like I never finished. Audiobook guy or? No, 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 no. It was an audiobook. Yeah, know, back, sure, in, back in the eighties, nineties. You know, no, no. But I was never yeah. a reader. I yeah. never liked to read. I was never good at it. And somehow, when I got to college, I joined organization. I just somehow self help books caught me. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm you know, back in ninety six, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Somehow, whether Seven Habits or How to Win Friends, Influence People. Somehow, me, my little impressionable self, got <laughs> swept away. I never even heard language that I could be somebody else. That I could improve. I was always shy. I was always quiet, all these kind of insecurities. Again, I felt overweight. Mm. I had a gap in my teeth. I just had all these insecurities. I was short. My my brother's like 6'3", other brother's 6'2". My dad's 6'2", and I'm the little, you know, 5'8", 5'7". So I'm just saying, I just had insecurities. I was the youngest child. But somehow, in 97, 98, began reading books. And I began to read books by reading books. I read read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, two days, took 12 pages of notes, changed. It was just amazing. I became addicted, kind of like running and reading. I read books on how to, you know, how to read faster. I read, you know, Mortimer Adler's How to Read a Book. I read, you know, speed reading books. But anyway, read all the books. Eventually, just my nature is to help people and encourage. Somehow I just wanted to, I was impacted so much by books. Mm -hmm. Just in my mind and my little motivational young self. Just figured one day I would, you know, be a speaker. I would be a motivator and I would write books too. So just, just a general idea. So I said, I'm going to, again, reading those books makes you want to big, you know, make big, hairy, audacious goals. Makes you want to do all this big stuff. I say, hey, I'm going to write, you know, 50 books or 100 books wow. in my life and just something crazy. 10, 11, 12 years go by <laughs> and I never wrote one. But again, a couple of years ago, I just, uh, you know, got tired of it. I just mainly just made a decision to just write something. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I just, what I did was I said, what do I believe? And that's, that was the original premise of the book. I just needed like the like detox mm-hmm. and write down what do I believe about life? Everything, you know, maybe from a spiritual. So I just trying to write all these rules, principles about life. There was like 10, 12, 15 of them. But then the editing process of writing a book, like somebody told me, just write every day. This lady told me, she, she writes lots of books. She's an author, editor, ghostwriter. She told me, just write every day. Spend, you know, even if it's a paragraph or a page, 100 words every day. Wow. And I did that for about a year. And then, not you know, not every day, but I wrote consistently. I just wrote, wrote, wrote. Richland, now you got to edit. And the editing process took me years because oh. I just wasn't in the mood. I did. I got all my got all my thoughts out. Yeah. And then I had to edit it, so I ended up cutting the book in half. Like, okay, I just want the best of the best. If it's not, I just got tired of editing. So that's why the you know six lessons on you know how to sense God through success and failure came out. But that was just my little life lessons. What, what do I believe about life, and what do I think is real, and what is true? In the most generic, overarching, universal way to view life, at least from a Christian perspective. That's kind of what that book was. So super but, cool. But yeah, so I like writing. I want to write, you know, a couple more. You know what's so cool too, man, is that um I was listening to several of your talks, man, just trying to do my homework on you, trying to figure out what you're about, what you stand for. And I'm like, man, um, you don't just talk about like how you're just dominating in business. You talk about those true moments mm-hmm. that I feel like a lot of us go through, that um it's it's needed that we need a voice that says, hey. You know, I'm having a down moment in business as well because people only talk about the ups. Yeah. I mean, very few posts will you see on LinkedIn, Instagram talking about, well, you know, this was a this was our worst quarter. (laughs) (laughs) You don't hear people say that too much, you know. I mean, however, people are having their worst quarter. Hmm. And um, so, you know, how'd you get to the place where you said, I want to be that transparent to where I want to just talk about the other side of business that people aren't speaking on? I don't know. I mean, it just it comes natural. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the the uh, the successes I have. In the right context, yeah. I can share it, but I don't know what, what unless I'm teaching, unless it's like a consulting, unless it's like a real one-on-one engagement, mm-hmm. will those accolades benefit someone? Sure. But you know, you know, it's story. You know, stories 
move. I mean, it's just real. I mean, that's that's just my truth. I mean, I've got, um, I don't know. I guess, it's, I guess I think it's just natural. Again, one of the chapters in the book, you know, when I talk about the book, is um, I'll go for it. Bro. It was uh, normalizing failure, mm-hmm. and this whole chapter about understanding how failure is is normal. You know, I love the book by John Maxwell, Failing Forward. Yep, that's and those kind of again those those concepts, those things kind of helped me out. I remember I tell people my wife used to hate these stories, but in my first nine years of driving a car, I had about eighteen cars. <laughs> I grew up in Detroit. I grew up in a motor city. Okay, okay. But I had about 18, 19 cars from the age of 15 to 20, you know, 23. Jeez. 18 cars. And all that means is that the most, I had the worst cars you could imagine. Okay. Because it only lasted six months. I got on you. average. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, and I've got the just most. Just to get through, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, A to B's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the stories of failure, stories of, you know, all those cars, all those driving with no brakes, things happen. <laughs> I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Stories, that just, it's part of it. When I was in college, I got, I got a computer science degree. It took me six years, all year round. You know, mm-hmm. there's no breaks. <laughs> but I changed it for degrees. But if you look at my my um transcript, I failed probably 20 to 25 classes. Wow. Retook, took, you know, Calc 1. I took it again. I took it again. You know, uh, chemistry, I took it three times. Computer science, I took it three times. Calc 2 or, or, or algebra. So many classes I took. I failed. I took it again. I failed. I took it again. I passed. By my sixth year, my fifth year, mm-hmm. I was tutoring people because I knew all those things so well because I took it so many times. Somehow I just had the ability and I enjoyed helping people and I knew what they were struggling with. That's just yeah, my story. It's failure, learning from it, helping somebody else. There's just a lot of, it's just... I guess that's just my truth. That's my normal. Whoa, man. You know what? That right there applies directly to business. I mean, because there's no real entrepreneur that's going to tell you that they haven't failed in business. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care whoa, how great your product or service is. At some point, you hit a, you know some type of roadblock or some friction or you didn't meet expectations, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Um, man, does that translate really well in business world? Are your clients kind of giving you that same feedback? I'm sure they are. Oh, you're talking about like coaching clients, yeah. anybody else? Yeah, I mean, yeah, clients, yeah, yeah, anybody that, yeah, I mean, yeah. If they're going through, you know, they, you know, they don't always get open. They don't always share sure. what they're feeling. Um, but when somebody does go there and they want to go there, it's like, yeah, you definitely can talk to someone. You can reach them. You could, man, life is long. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's, you definitely, you know, the ups and downs are natural. And I'm, one, th- one big thing I'm realizing about how we have to really be honest and intentional about seeing this is that I'm realizing how easy it is to go through failures without change or go through just just realizing that age doesn't mean growth experience doesn't mean growth you know it's just hope it's related but that's just something that's it really is. hit me lately about yeah experience and time does not mean you've changed or you've actually learned the lesson anyway that's just something that I'm thinking about so yeah so when it comes to coaching talking to someone if it if it's if they're open to it, yeah, there's definitely a lot of space to to grow and help someone to get over whatever's keeping them stuck. You see, um, you see a lot of people get stuck in life, and um, I think it's very, and you know, one thing that's interesting about business is that if you get stuck in business, you will get passed by. Hmm. I feel like um, it's one of those only, not saying one of the only places. Kind of, I guess it applies to multiple different aspects of life, but it's um, you know, I mean. I was watching some of your talks from three, four years ago, and we were talking about email marketing and whatnot. And, and it's like, and, you know, cold emailing is still relevant, mm-hmm. but chatbots are more interesting. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, so matter of fact, let's just kind of talk about the business a little bit. So yeah, yeah. once you talk about cold emailing, do you think that's still relevant today? Is it, what's the whole outlook and the whole future of like cold emailing, would you say? Still has a place? Yeah. 
It's still at the seat of the table, right? I mean, to me, yeah. cold email is king. The beat. I mean, the way it's working now, to me, it's new. Wow. I mean, most okay. of the, yeah, yeah. again, if, depending on how you look at it. Sure. The platforms that are used for cold email, mm-hmm. whether the oldest, whether it's, I mean, I guess HubSpot has one now. There's Tout. There's Mailshake. All these cold email platforms are new. They're mm. all like three years old. It's true. Four years old. Yeah. In other words, learning how to email when you're not using MailChimp, you're not using a traditional email marketing service where Google was going to know, it's going to put you in a promotions tab, put you in the updates. It's clearly a marketing email. Yeah. The code email platforms that use Google and use um, Microsoft Exchange, but they look like a personal email, but they're able to mass, you know, so there's all these rules. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's 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 new. It's, you know, so it's definitely, it's definitely good. And especially with, you mentioned chatbots, there's a company that does email they're called conversica but they do email through ai where it's just it's not a real person huh. that's doing all the follow-up so there's i think there's definitely whoa, email whoa. still you know relevant and there's some there's some merging of i know there's gonna be some merging of ai and email i think even hubspot is starting to add ai in their uh sales stuff so there's a little bit i mean i mean so i use hubspot a lot and uh they have that they have that sequencing feature that that is nice Mm-hmm. Um, but the AI where automatically responds, that seems like, uh, I mean, I just haven't seen it. I'm not saying it's not there, but have you seen some other tools out there like that where they, where they have the AI built into the email email response? Yeah, at least I know that one company, Conversica, I met them okay. a, a year ago at a conference and I've seen their stuff and I'm kind of trying to keep them in front of my mind. But no, I think, yeah, I think email is still, wow. you know, it's it's, it's it's the granddaddy of marketing Okay. and it's not going anywhere. Yes, it's not the same. It's not as relevant. It's not as whatever, but the yeah. ROI is still better than anything else. And so it still works. So Interesting. Interesting. So, all right. How would you, once you're thinking about a, a proper mix for in your clients and, you know, they got email that that they want to do. They want to spend some time on Facebook ads and they want to spend some time maybe trying to get some drift type of mm-hmm. chatbots laid on their actual website. I mean, is there a certain split that you kind of always say, hey, you need about, you know, half on email, half half on like mm-hmm. on like Facebook? Is there like a, you know, any type of set formulas for it? No. In your clients? Everything's customized? Yeah, it's all different. I mean, yeah. it's because, you know, B2B and, you know, if they have a... um whatever you call those sales development reps and yeah. some code email, you got to, you know, buy your list or do your LinkedIn, scrape in, hustling. You know, it's just a different business model. It's completely different. And so those are running ads. You know, the the chatbots that, that we do is all funnels. It's all marketing related. It's okay. not Drift or Intercom or just a live chat. It's not just an agent. But we specifically use Facebook Messenger's platform as the means for the for all that we do. And so it's very direct response related. So Interesting. Yeah. So is it like a AI response or is it a live person on the, on the other side of the Facebook Messenger? No, no. It's all the bot. It's all chat bot. It's wow. not, yeah, there's no, there's no human involved in it. Wow. Um, again, unless can we program unless they need to. Yeah. But for 90, not 90% of the campaigns, it is the idea of, of, of engaging in a conversation with someone, qualifying them, booking an appointment, providing a lead magnet, subscribing to a webinar. You know, so we then we integrate eventually the email and chatbot going back and forth, and then if they need to talk to a live person, you know, we can do that. But most mo- most uh, most most of the cases, it's just a like a landing page, like a funnel. It's I got about, you. Yeah. So you're having the bots lead everybody back to an actual landing page, and then they kind of get put into their inbound system, whatever that looks like for them. Yep. But you, can, but you can do it all with bot too. The bot can follow up. The bot can nurture. Wow. The bot can drip content. The bot can do all that. 
man, you're building it out. Mm, again, it's the tools are there. That's the thing. Yeah. I tell people the stuff that we use is as simple as using MailChimp or, you know, Salesforce or use some other marketing automation. Yeah. You know, Facebook in 2016 opened up Facebook Messenger for businesses to do marketing automation type stuff. Yeah. And so there's, you know, tons of platforms that do it. And it's, so it's not that complicated. You just, you know, learn the best practices and then and, and, and optimizing it takes some time. But I mean, yeah. so. I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit behind the ball with this one. Sure, I mean, yeah. No worries, no worries, <laughs> I mean, no worries. I mean, but do you feel like the majority of the market's kind of caught on, or do you feel like you're kind of educating the market as every time you show up for meetings and you're teaching people about chatbots? Or do you feel like yeah, no, a lot no. of people have? Nobody knows. Yeah, that's about to, okay, cool, cool. I feel yeah, better. And, <laughs> I feel better. And even trying to distinguish what, what you can do on Facebook versus what you think about a drift or intercom yeah. and live chat and pure chat and all those other things, it's it's a completely different philosophy you know that's like a friend of mine calls it messenger funnels because it's mixed Start using the word chatbot because that eludes to yeah a lot more complexity mm-hmm. and you just think of a messenger funnel face a messenger funnel is a is a better language to use to describe kind of the stuff that we're doing so if you don't mind me kind of getting the weeds a little bit what's the budget like for companies that want to get involved with trying to get this set up like as far as having a messenger funnel uh laid out because you know, if they go through MailChimp and whatnot, I mean, it's, it's pretty inexpensive. I mean, you yeah. can get on for, and you can upload, you know, thousands of, of uh, contacts for relatively nothing. Mm-hmm. What's the whole cost to kind of get started with uh, Messenger funnels? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it it's, varies. Yeah, it's it does vary. But again, we've got packages to start between three to four thousand dollars. Okay. To get them set up. Yep. And get them running, but again, it's you know, it's looking at their current campaigns, looking at because again, our goal is to, we you know, to me, the chatbot funnel is going to do two things. Number one is going to be the lead generation. Yep. And it's also going to be lead qualifying. Because I was thinking, our clients, you know, they they may get leads. They may do some Facebook ads and lead forms. But it's not just the issue of the leads. It's about, again, the, whole, the value of a chatbot is a, is a chat. It's a conversation. Sure, sure. So it's like, instead of that salesperson grabbing those cold calls, grabbing those inbound leads, you know, making some introductory calls, some discovery calls, and seeing that, you know, of course you gotta chase the leads first. First you gotta, you know, you gotta find <laughs> them, you get, get them on the, yeah, get, yeah. get them on the horn, yeah. And so that's what the chatbot is really doing. It's 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 doing that work for you, and it's doing some of the initial lead generation for you. So that's like the budget is kinda, in one sense, yeah, it's, it's three to $4,000, but we're looking at what exactly it's gonna do, what we're gonna program it to do. You can connect to databases, we can grab other data, do other kind of stuff so it's it can get complex man you know um i i, I can already just i'm just thinking about all these uh sdrs out there people that just do inbound i mean i'm sorry outbound cold calls all day mm-hmm. 100 calls a day i had one of those jobs one of my first sales jobs it was man it was tough mm. <laughs> just in the, in the cubicle just sweating away <laughs> yeah p- punching away but this is taking away that whole process it sounds like or it can it, am i right yeah, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, no time soon. Sure. You know, but again, they say, you know, the, the SDRs are going to learn how to use the tools. They're going to, you know, okay. these, these, what they need to do is learn the tools and learn what's happening and they'll be able to manipulate it in a way and, and optimize it. But, you know, yeah, definitely next 10, 20 years, there are statistics that say certain low level, if it's just grunt work. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. If you're just digging in the weeds. Yeah, that's gonna di- be yeah, that's gonna be automated. That's gonna be a bot. That's gonna be Google, you know, Google AI. It's gonna be smooth, man. Yeah. Sexy though. I mean, because I don't think anybody needs that type of work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if you can get if you can set yourself up to not have to make those type of crazy amount of calls and just all that nose and you know being hung up on 
steadily? I mean, why? I right. mean, it's not good for the whole uh, marketplace. I think if you can get people that are interested reaching out to you, that's a huge win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so all right. I want to I want to talk a little bit about about sales and marketing as well. So, um, how was it for you when you had to start selling your your own business and really try to sell your own services? Was it was it easy for you to kind of get into the you know get into the whole sales role? I mean, because you all you were doing marketing for years, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, fifteen plus years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So was was like doing sales an easy crossover for you? Mm, no, I mean actually it's it's no it, it hasn't been easy. It, well, it depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And I started I was still in college. Okay. So when you you know you start at home, you know kids nowadays are you know eleven, twelve years old watching Gary V, watching Grant Cardone, sure. and they're like you know they're all hustling. This, the, the mad so it's, it's, it's you know it's a different world yeah. now. But again, but when I was in college and then the web was you know starting out, I had security. Yeah. And when you just have a gift or a talent or ability, and I was like solving problems, like helping people, mm-hmm. it wasn't too hard to begin to do that. And then when you don't know, when you just sell yourself cheap, which I did, hmm. you know, just to get the business, whatever you had to do to get the business, you know, that's how the first couple of years were. And that's how I did it for a while. And then, you know, I had a little job and then, you know, then I had a family. And then I had, then I got, then I lost a job and I really hit it hard. So <laughs> in those times, if if your one my one little bullet was going cheap or being competitive, mm-hmm. you know that worked. You know recently as this new business I got now, yeah, it's been different. So now it's like I don't want I, I, I don't go cheap, and I'm getting back in there now with with this, with this new chatbot company. So it is a, little, a bit, bit challenging, mm-hmm. not going cheap and trying to knowing what you stand for and sure. when you kind of bring all that to the game. It, it is a little different, but yeah, it's definitely challenging. I've, I've got a sales coach helping me out with some things, helping me out with my uh, discovery calls. I got a mastermind group that I joined nice. like three months ago just on chatbots. That's, you know, accountability there. So I definitely yep. am a, I, I invest into figuring out what it's, you know, what's going to take. I think it's super smart, man. I mean, uh, I think you're in a really interesting part with the whole industry. I mean, I, I mean... I try to stay up on things, and I feel like I'm way behind with this. I'm like I'm clueless, <laughs> you know. I, I mean, I mean, but but yeah. but but that just goes to show you how ripe this actual industry is, though. And for just for the, I mean, just for someone to kind of be the leader and be the voice of it. So um, yeah, it, 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 just to give you the one stat. The big stat is that there's 1.3 billion people who just use Facebook Messenger, wow. just the app, not not Facebook. You know, that's that that's the one critical stat that helps people understand what is the market like. 1.3 billion people just use Messenger, number one. Number two, again, this is like stat, this is like two years ago, 2015, more individuals chat, Snapchat, WhatsApp, Messenger, more in, more people chat versus scroll through like Facebook and Instagram. Wow. I mean, that, 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 that's, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat. I had no clue that was that, yeah. that was going on. Yeah, so that's that's 2015. More people wanted. It's like so, so. There's this, you know, the social media grows. Web 2.0 and there's internet. There's connectedness. There's social media. There's Web 2.0 where you're social and you're sharing. But then in 2015, it's it's kind of shifted. It's a one-on-one. It's a group. It's a one-on-one. It's a group that happened in 2015. Then in 2016, Facebook says, "Okay, I, when, when businesses see the opportunity, that's when they open up to other businesses." Right. And now you get ads. That show up in Messenger and WhatsApp and what you know, Facebook buys WhatsApp. Yep. So there's and you can start running ads through WhatsApp too, and there's gonna be bots through there. So that's so that's the trend. But humans, but the thing is, businesses don't do it. Yeah, businesses. There are there's like three hundred thousand or so businesses that have bots. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Out of all those billions of people that are using it, there's only three hundred. Well, I think about three hundred thousand. Last year, like a hundred thousand or twenty. Oh my goodness! So, so that's the thing. That's, that's what opportunity is, then. and that's what people don't understand. It's like businesses yeah, yeah. are not using it, that's but, major. but people are. 
And so right now, I'm already saying this, the window is open right now, yeah. even if it's just for six months or a year, it's like, you know, being 2005 and paying 20 cents a click and you didn't know, man, this is expensive. I want to pay one cent a click. Right. You know, you know people said that. People complain when they were spending 50 cents a click because other people were spending 20 cents. They're like, oh, I'm complaining. And then you got 10 years later, you wish, you know, so just, so that's one thing I, I, I've learned and just realizing it um, is like, you can you know see what? the trend again. This is a new opportunity. Yeah. Am I going to watch it go by? Like, I watch Instagram. Like, I watch all these things. I, I haven't jumped on anything in a while since mm-hmm. SEO in 2011. I was like, okay, let me jump on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, see what happens. So you're, like, all in on, like, everything's like Facebook right now for you, I, I would imagine. Are you, is that your biggest platform? Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. How do you feel about um, LinkedIn? Any interest there? Or are you kind yeah, of dibbling yeah. that? No, no, no. No, it's good. No, okay. I, I'm getting, Now that I'm hustling, I'm doing stuff. Yeah. And figuring out my market. I use Facebook for ads, but I use LinkedIn for, you know, B2B more direct. Gotcha. You gotcha, know? gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Okay. I, mean, I made a real good, two days ago, I met met a guy through there, and we, we met this morning. We met today noon, you know, I through heard. LinkedIn. Never met in person. Yeah. But just directly talked to him. We got on the phone yesterday. We met today at, at, at a coffee shop here in L.A. That's perfect. So LinkedIn, yeah, it's, it's I'm going to, it's good. Man, you know, um, I've really enjoyed this whole conversation, man. And, you, you know, there's just so much I don't know about this. <laughs> that, 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 that um, I'm glad that. I at least have people like you in my network now that I can say, dude, this is this is overwhelming. And I'll be looking for more and more of your content coming out because people need to know about chatbots and messenger uh, apps and, and really how to run ads through it. Um, the fact that there's so many people on there and businesses haven't come in and messed it up yet is uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a beautiful opportunity for a lot of us that are in like sales and marketing, man. Dude, man. So I got this question. And so, just like that, it is a wrap. Had a lot of fun talking to Arvel, as you can tell. He dropped a lot of jewels, lots of the technical aspects of chatbots. I learned a lot from him since then. I went on to to really dive into it a lot more. There's a lot of companies that are doing things creatively around conversational marketing. Drift is one of the biggest players out there right now. But, you know, with that said, guys, reach out to Arvel. Let him know if you have any questions about implementing chatbots into your service. Let me know how you like the podcast and stay subscribed so you can tune in to the latest episode. Until next time, you guys be phenomenal. Struggling to connect with buyers in an overcrowded, noisy sales landscape? Today's buyers want more than a spray and pray email blast. Launch a podcast and collaborate on content with people that matter most in your industry. Learn more at salesculture.work.